What is going on, boys and girls? Or should I say girl, as in no one at Colorado. But I come at you this week after another Piss Cats loss. <laughs> We're expecting many more throughout the season. But every week, we will come with the same charisma and integrity. And it basically every good characteristic on what it means to be a piss cat. And a lot of people ask, what does it mean to be a piss cat? To be a piss cat, you can't win games. To be a piss cat, you have to pass. You have to fail a medical exam. If you, if you pass it, you cannot make the team because you'll be too healthy. But... Um, yeah, that is what a piss cat is. There's a lot of them out there. Piss dog is a whole different story. Let's not get into that. So, it's been a weird week, certainly, with a lot of COVID hitting around the NFL. Um, we don't even know what's going to happen. I've seen so many random tweets about people throwing ideas around. and It's more so play it by ear. This is going to be the one of the weirdest years for fantasy football ever. Um, players are sitting out. Bye weeks are getting changed. This, is un- this has never happened. Like, we are all... This could... You know, majority of teams could, there's going to be a lot of teams getting fucked this year. Let's put it that way. This is just, you know, Barry, we're in week, going into week five. This is just the beginning of what I predict to be a pretty rocky season when it comes to COVID and testing. If we're already in week five and, you know, players are everywhere, you know, so getting it. It's something to play by ear. And it can definitely wreak havoc on fantasy football. So we have to keep our, you know, eyes open at all times. We have to just move on it day by day. That's all it is. And, I mean, we'll hope the season doesn't get, like, you know, something like the NBA postponed. I don't really think it comes to that, but you never know. Other than that, we just got to keep playing fantasy football. And other than that, the Piss Cats got to keep losing. Um, obviously it was pretty impressive week again for me last week when it came to my predictions. I mean, I didn't go 6-0 and like I did the week before. However, I did go 5-1. and And that bumps my record up to 18-6 and on the season. And that seems to be the only thing going somewhat right for me on this fantasy football year. Because this podcast sure ain't doing shit either. I don't think I had 20 plays yet, brother. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't do it for that. But, you know what I'm saying? We have 18 and 6, so you best be trusting me for a bit now here. Now watch. Now I'm going to go 0 and 6 this week because I got some bold ones. But let's start off with the Dogfuckers and Brewstown B-Dog. Um, to me, obviously, it's pretty important. What are we going to see from Dernest Johnson? Kareem Hunt was limited all last week. Was Dernest and Dontrell Hilliard so involved because Cleveland had this giant lead? And Kareem Hunt was actually limited and they didn't want to run him into the ground and lose Chubb and Hunt in the same game. Could be. Hunt is, you know, probably going to be a full participant this week, I would imagine. I think. I'm not, no, but I think Ben actually has a chance of losing this game depending on what Dearness Johnson he gets. If he's going to get a guy who's going to, you know, out-touch Kareem Hunt, I don't see that happening. But if he does get that, well, well, I don't see much of a difference from Chubb in that offense. I mean, obviously Chubb's way more explosive and, you know, whole nine yards, but Darren Johnson's getting touches. He already proved that he could actually do something with them. So I wouldn't say he's like obviously an RB1, but I mean, he's you can start him there until Chubb is back and it'll be fine. I wouldn't really be too concerned about it, but that's only if he gets the touches. I'm not really sure if he's getting the touches. So 
I'm still gonna give it to Ben. I wouldn't. I don't like going against this guy. Is the only freaking team who's truly left standing alone at the top undefeated. So for me to go and bet against him would be kind of foolish at this point. And it's no disrespect to the dog fuckers because believe me when I say the dog fuckers are turning it around majorly, and the dog fuckers are back. They're they're gaining some steam. Next we have Neil and we have Knack, and I mean. Truly not got hit hard with that Eckler injury. Um, I could imagine Michael Thomas plays. But if he doesn't, yikes. He's playing Kyle Allen. Because Stafford is on by. DeAndre Swift's on by. So Hines is in there. Hines could actually maybe be something. It depends if they get a lead, though. That's pretty much all dependent on Hines. Not if they get the lead or not. But his pro- his uh, production will be dependent on game script for the Colts. But I will once again say I do not think I should be betting against Neil. Because... He beat me with, you know, not even like a full like roster last week. <laughs> yeah, no, enough needs to be said there. I'm going to go Neil on that. Next we have Rich and BG. A couple really good teams here, to be honest. Um, these guys are pretty much projected the same, so it's really all, once again, how game scripts go, I think, in this one, because I really think down the line they are pretty similar teams. Um I would never say, I would never think I would say, you know, somebody who has Lamar Jackson has the worst fantasy quarterbacks, but, you know, somehow Rich actually has better quarterbacks than Watson and Wilson, despite the fact Watson is, you know, not that unbelievable level we would expect top five. He's ranked 14, but I think he can still wake up. Bill O'Brien just got fired, so that could be something that could trend Watson in a positive direction. However... The running backs, I think this is just Lap Murray and D'Angelo Henderson because I'm pretty confident in the other two for them. But what I'm thinking mainly is, is Mostert going to play? I honestly haven't been looking that much. I guess I should see. He's still questionable. Hopes to get practice Wednesday. Well, Mostert's still kind of banged up, I guess. So that kind of also is dependent on that. However, this week, I think Brody is going to keep the... I think he's going to keep that uh, win, streak, win, win streak going. So you know what? Actually, I think he lost in, uh, who knows, man. Regardless, Brody will, I think, be 4-1 after this week. Next, we have Furley and Clark. And, you know, surprisingly, <laughs> projection-wise, they're saying this is going to be a barn burner. But I'm just thinking that I don't know if Brian Hoyer would leave him at 27 points if he gave this guy eight quarters of play, not even just four. So it's like, I'm not really sure. I just got a sleeper alert as if. Le'Veon Bell will return to practice today. He's eligible to come off IR. Perfect, because I wasn't sure about Lev. I didn't really look into that. But yeah, okay, that's big for Clark. He's going to return to practice. He'll probably play this week, I would imagine. Um, Darnold, however, is not playing. He does not have another option at quarterback. He's going to have to do some searching. If Clark, he can't come up with a quarterback, I mean, at the same time, a Hoyer, honestly, might not even be the guy who's playing in... Uh, Denver on Sunday, if that game even happens, we have to see more. As of right now, it's on, but with some COVID cases coming around in that team. This might be a 1QB versus 1QB matchup, and uh, I think I'll take Kyler over Teddy in that case. But the rest of the way, it'll actually be close. But you know what? Yeah, man, wow. This shouldn't be allowed to be this fucking hard to pick a team like this. You know, I'm still I'm going to give it to Furley. I think Furley honestly has some pieces he'd be able to move for a QB over the ones that Clark has on his bench. And I think if, if it comes down, like, Darnold's already ruled out. At least Hoyer has somewhat of a chance to, you know, as of right now, play. So 
Uh, I guess I'm going to have to give it to Fairley. That's a tough one, though. Definitely. Oh, you hear that? That wasn't a rip-ass. That was the fucking... That was the Sharpie or whatever it is. Next, we have Trends versus Moose. And uh, this, I mean, does Mahomes have COVID? We don't know because Stephon Gilmore, who tested positive, was literally hugging Mahomes after the game on Sunday, and he just tested positive. So we'll have to keep an eye on Mahomes, who did tested negative, I think, when they tested him yesterday or whatever. So, hmm. Kareem Hunt should get a full workload for Moose. Joe Mixon obviously is, I would say, pretty much back. I mean, obviously, you want to see him have somewhat of a consistent performance. You don't want to see him drop down to under 20 again this week. And it's called last week, you know, just an explosion out of nowhere. But I think Joe Mixon can be relied on again. I mean, I think it was only a matter of time before he had a big breakout game. And maybe, you know, he's not going to put up 80 every week. But if you can honestly hope for him to get around 24-plus, nothing wrong with it. And I also think it says... You know, Matt Berry wants off the Gurley train. You can't really listen to those videos in our league. If you were to dump off Todd Gurley, yeah, I mean, it makes sense in a league where, you know, fucking there's a bunch of running backs on FA that you can pick from that, you know, have a shot to do something maybe eventually. But no, not in our league, I don't think you can hop off the Todd Gurley train. I am just saying. So it is actually, I think, going to be a pretty close game. But I actually am going to give it because, yeah, we don't know about Julio yet. Chase Claypool could play maybe. Madison, I don't know, it depends. I'm gonna give it to Trends. I'm a little unsure about what Moose has in that lineup right now just because of some injuries. I think Trends can knock off Moose and Moose can drop two straight L's. And the last one, we have Legro versus the Pissed Cats. And I know what everyone's thinking, but you know what? This is the week. This is the fucking week. And it's nothing against Legro. He was pretty nice. I mean, I don't think it's that bad. I think he's had a kind of, you know, a little bit of a rough go. He's also got hit with the injuries. I mean, you lose Christian McCaffrey, despite the fact Mike Davis has been putting up points. I don't care. You lose C-Mac. He also lost Zach Moss. David Johnson actually hasn't been that bad. You know what? I think David Johnson is about what I kind of expected. I wasn't expecting him to just go and, you know. But he's actually been productive in more games than not. And another than that, he's actually got to rely on Jarek McKinnon, which will be something also... To watch on. Keep an eye on Mostert's health throughout the week. However, McKinnon's looked good. I'm still giving it to the Piscats. And do I have a reason why I'm giving it to the Piscats? Hell no. It's just because the Piscats had a good week of practice. They're looking good. And they're going to come out fucking firing. And it's nothing against Legro. It's just... I've already been telling you. The Piscats, they're coming. And they're coming fast. I couldn't really give you... A surprise here in power rankings, but, you know, the Piss Cats are obviously going to be sitting at 12. And, I mean, there's nothing else I have to get into about that, as I usual, every week. Why would I even give you an explanation? They are Piss Cats. Coming in at 11, we have Furley. I mean, Furley's got half the New England Patriots on his roster. If they all start getting COVID, that ain't it. But, I'll be honest, I think, truly, he kind of lucked out with Askins. Kind of fucked them. He's got to rely on Hoyer. And if not, it could be another L for him this week. And that is not, you know, a way you want to get off to a start in the season. So, I'm in no better position than him. But, you know, you can just hope that Furley gets maybe lucky with a waiver wire or a couple things. And then he'll be able to make somewhat of a push. But it is his first season. So, you know what? This is an expectation for most. But... Coming in at 10 after, you know, 
It didn't really go the way he wanted last week with Clark, but he drops down because Clarky is off to a rough start. He also got hit with some injuries also in his own respect, but, I mean, he's got some guys returning this week, so, I mean, he has to pick up a win against Verley here this week. Low-key, it's a battle of, you know, I wouldn't say piss dogs, but, like, you know, they're both not the best, so this is a big game for both of them. Coming in at nine, we have Leg. I think Leg will definitely shoot up when he starts getting out of this little bit of an injury bug he's also going through. Um, C-Mac is obviously better than Mike Davis. I think Ruggs will be a nice addition to his team. And it's just kind of like, how often can you really rely on Mike Davis to keep up the production he can? That's, you know, kind of keeping you afloat. Is he bound to come back down to earth one game? He is getting absolute ridiculous levels of volume. But it's like, will he drop down to earth? I'm not sure by the time C-Mac's back. I think that's something to keep an eye on. If if Mike Davis can keep leg afloat, he'll actually be in a good position come playoff time because like C Mac can be a big first playoff push late in the year. Coming in at eight, we have Knack, and I know the boys are like, yeah, that's because you got ripped for Josh Jacobs yesterday, and you made like a big deal of it, looking like a fool. I'm like, no, it's only eight because he's you know a little banged up also, and he has Hind start in this week, and it's truly just like I think he's playing Neil, so that can also be a tough game. Regardless of, you know, how your lineup's looking. You have a full lineup and it's going to be a rough matchup against Neil. So it's kind of like, is Nack's team going to be able to pull this one off? Because that should be huge for him. Because I think his team's only getting healthier now. Because he also has been hit with the injuries. But, overall, the way I see it, it's just like, Nack has to go and put at least maybe, you know, two or three wins together in the next six weeks. Because I think... Him getting hit, he could have easily had a 4-0 team if, you know, Michael Thomas was an hour. And I think Austin Eckler going now, is Josh Kelly going to be able to handle this workload? And does Justin Jackson eat out of Kelly's workload? Because we know Anthony Lynn likes, you know, not to just be dependent on one guy. I think that's something to watch. That Eckler situation just kind of really fucked him. But I think it all depends on really the next three weeks for Nack because... How does your team perform without Eckler? What trades do you have to make to try and get yourself float? Obviously, Josh Jacobs is a, better than Austin Eckler, in my opinion. He's a perfect replacement. And then when Eckler's back, that team looks even more dangerous, right? So, um, it's not... He's obviously still sitting in a playoff spot as of now, but I think he has to make it through this next little patch without Eckler and, you know, try to even stay afloat at a 500 record. But next we have Truns. Um... Trends mainly because he's just got a couple duds at receivers. I mean, Cooks hasn't been what we expected, and neither has T.Y. Hilton. And it's kind of just like, I'm disappointed, because I actually thought T.Y. Hilton was, you know, not really good anymore because he had Jacoby Brissett throwing him in. But now it's just like, don't get me wrong, Philip Rivers is not in no way, shape, or form, you know, with the Andrew Luck that T.Y. once had. But it's almost like T.Y. is just not the same. And it's kind of sad to see... I think that's kind of was a, not a dud of a pick because he got T.Y. at pretty good value. But at the same time, it's like you, if T.Y. was actually performing at, you know, even a wide receiver three level, man. Like he's not even almost not even started well looking at his numbers. And it's like that would have been huge for trends. And whoever, Mixon coming back, Gurley coming back, and Singletary's looked really strong in Moss's absence. Uh, trends could easily be higher, but it's more so the fact that, like, if he had a couple more trustworthy options in that receiver spot, it would definitely propel him up. Because if I'm looking at Sandy's team, I'm like, he has, like, Ronald Jones and Sammy Watkins at flex. Well, Sammy Watkins is in, you know, not bad. There, he's not really much of a difference with the T.Y. fucking Hilton. But it's like, you also have to remember that he's got other options sitting there. And it's just like, I really don't see 
like Ronald Jones right now is taking over with Fournette's injury. So it's like for the time being, Fournette, I mean, Ronald Jones sitting at flex is ridiculous. And I mean, I do have Sandy at six because he's got those four running backs who are just getting ridiculous work right now. And he's got strong receivers and he's got respectable QBs. And it's just like his team, he turned the dogfuckers around pretty quick. And I think, I don't know how long it'll be before they start going back down to the ground because it's kind of inevitably happens every year. But I think that personally, if he keeps his team even looking somewhat the same, he, the dogfuckers will be in the playoffs. We know that can be pretty much the reality. And then coming to number five, we have Rich. And I mean, Rich's team is looking really strong. Uh, he traded Josh Jacobs away, which to me is obviously always going to be a little head-scratching, but I think Russ is cooking this season, and personally, there's no doubt about it that Russell Wilson is the type of guy that's going to be able to carry you to a fantasy football championship this year. He's, like, playing at that type of level. Makes sense to me, I think, and Watson's going to turn it around also, and I think the rest of his team also is pretty much balanced out, not bad. I think his receivers are a little somewhat weak, but I think um, his running backs can more so make up for the back. His monster's pretty good. So... Coming in at uh, number four, we have Moose. And, I mean, it was a bit of a lot, tough loss for Moose last week. Julio left. He easily could have came out with the win. If he didn't get hurt, you know, who knows what would have happened. But, overall, I would say that he's not really that bad of a team. It's just kind of like he lost to BG last week, which means BG will be at number three. Uh, the James Robinson waiver wire, not even waiver wire, just free agency pick before the year. It was just huge for him. It's just... You know, who knows where BG's team would be without that pick right now. Because Dobbins really hasn't been much of a fantasy asset right now, as of right now. And do we truly know if any Ravens running back this season will be at the rate they're being used? They're trying to keep everybody fresh, it seems like. And I think you'll see that shake up maybe if an injury or something happens in the backfield. Other than that, I mean, I don't see them having, like, you know, much of a change in the backfield percentage if it's working. But... That means we have Neil at number two. I don't really have to get into Neil, and we obviously have Ben at number one. And, you know, those are the reasons being those guys at the top because you look at their teams and they're pretty ridiculous. And I'm still going to keep Ben at one with the Ernest Johnson because Chubb's going to eventually back. Ben is still undefeated. And we're going to get to see what the Ernest Johnson can do. But it would be kind of unfair to not give him the benefit of the doubt. It was a pretty solid performance last week. So that's my power rankings. And now we get into the whale shit. Now we're on to whale shit. And obviously, we know what it is. So I'm going to start with my first whale. I'm going to go with DJ Moore. He had 14 points last week, which is a little bit um, low for DJ Moore. But I do think, you know, he's bound to bounce back this week. DJ Moore has actually been, you know, I honestly wasn't expecting... Teddy Bridgewater to come in and, you know, completely use DJ Moore to an extent that Kyle Allen and whoever the hell else was working in Carolina was feeding him. And it's kind of just come to the fact that do you really know if DJ Moore is going to give you that wide receiver production, wide receiver one production he was, you know, playing at all of last season, but he's wide receiver 24 right now, but he's kind of come down to earth and it's like not in, um, you know, a bad way because he's still on the top 25, but it's just like you really want to see him just have another explosive game like he did a couple of weeks ago. But I think that could be this week because Atlanta's defense isn't looking the best. They've also been hit with injuries and they just lost DeMonte Casey the other night, also in that back secondary. They're getting weaker. So 
I think DJ Moore could be primed for a good week this week. And next, I have Darius Slayton. I think Darius Slayton also is a guy who I'm pretty high on that actually has had a rough couple of uh, weeks since that week one performance where he had two touchdowns and 100 yards. Okay, Josh. And then, since he's had three catches every week and has yet to hit over 16 points. I think he turns it around this week. They're playing Dallas. We've seen what that Dallas defense can do. Without a doubt, we've seen what it can do. So, they're not really good. And that leaves me in number one with Debo Samuel. And my dog's going nuts, so you got to forgive me on that, brother. But Debo Samuel wasn't even getting a lot of work. Like, he truly wasn't. He didn't get a lot of the snaps that, you know, he is going to get when he's healthy. And he looked good. Debo Samuel did look good. It was a nice trade for Dak. And he's playing Miami. And I think regardless, Debo Samuel is going to be in for a big week because... If they use him more, he's only going to get more ball. I mean, it's kind of obvious, right? You'll use more more production if Jimmy G comes back soon also, right? I don't even know if he'll be back this week. I'm not. I think, well, fuck, who knows? Mullins got benched. Beat. What a disaster there. But I still think regardless, Debo will be incorporated into the game plan and, you know, he'll be a good play this week. My shits, regardless. I got T.Y. Hilton at three. I think T.Y. Hilton isn't droppable. He will never be droppable in our league. Neither will A.J. Green. Those guys... Their names that you know the second you drop them up, somebody's going to go and pick them up. They aren't droppable. You can't look at those videos because those are guys talking in 12. Those are guys who are in eight-team leagues. They're in leagues where their bench is not all that deep. They don't have that many starting positions as us. Those guys will never be droppable. Startable is a complete different story because T.Y. Hilton's almost becoming borderline. Like, how can you don't... You can't really expect much from him every week. Um, you would think with Paris Campbell and everybody out... Like, when he had the tight ends out also. Like, Doyle was... Like, he just hasn't had a blow-up performance that you'd expect from T.Y. He's a shit for me this week. I hope he could turn it around, though, because I do love me some T.Y. I was watching some vintage Andrew Luck highlights the other day. And you... I would say about 70% of them were bombs to T.Y. Hilton. And it was ridiculous how many they were. I hope we get all T.Y. back. I just don't know if we will. Uh, number two, I have Miles Gaskin, my own boy. I've actually liked how Miles Gaskin's looked this year. He's... Dominating touches in Miami's backfield. And I think this week, though, you can see my... I, he actually impressed me against Seattle because they actually, you know, pretty much had control of the game for a lot of the time. Like, it was like Miami was kind of trailing by a bit. And yes, they didn't really abandon the run. But, you know, Seattle's front was actually pretty solid. And Gaskin performed. I mean, he has yet to hit under 20 points this year he's been 21 24 28 21 but i think this is the week against san fran i know their front is depleted i know they're all banged up but i just have a feeling this week that we will see like some weird ass game with san fran and miami just because what miami do we get we just haven't seen a very consistent one because i mean like jesus how did miami just come out and compete with seattle and then who in my opinion are looking like one of the best teams in the nfl right now you know, and it's like I'm not really dissing because, yeah, they actually did play good against Buffalo. So that was actually pretty surprising to me. And they beat um, Jacksonville, but just played a little down to New England. And it's just like Miami's been better than expected. But I think just something's been telling me it's going to be a weird-ass game this week in, San, in, uh, yeah, in San Francisco. So, you know... I have Gaskin there. I think that the defensive front is really going to try to hone in on him. You can't rely really on Jordan Howard to take over. And it's like if they're just going to keep running Gaskin into stack boxes and, you know, not letting Fitzpatrick sling it around because of the Tua talk also is coming around. When will we see Tua? I'm, I want to see it. I want to see the kid out there. 
very soon. I don't even think that'd be good for Gaskin as of right now, but we'll see. And at number one, uh, my shit this week, I have Devontae Adams because he's on bye week. I would really wouldn't play Devontae Adams if he's on a bye week. I mean, he already didn't play last week because he knows his body or whatever the fuck. But you know what? Back-to-back weeks, man, the guy's just going to be sitting goose-egged on the bench. And you hate to see it, but he's on a bye. So if you play him another, that's on you. But you almost could have played him last week and still won. So you never know. Anyways, boys, it's been a great episode. Week 5 is coming. Um, we'll have to keep an eye on what happens with COVID. We'll have to keep an eye on what happens with this and that, obviously. But truly, the piss cats are coming. The dog fuckers are coming. And they're coming fast, those guys. I think those are two sleeper teams you got to watch out for. And they're a little bit of a rivalry. Because, you know, dogs and cats and piss and fuckers. But, you know, you know, you know how it is. We'll see you next week, though.